back to Instance Lost. Today is Monday, August 23rd, and we're in the midst of Hurricane Henry. I'm very worried about the plants. I haven't looked at them in a while, because um, I'm kind of scared, too. But hopefully they'll be okay. Um, and today's episode is a special one. It's with Peter Clancy and Evan Patel to promote their brand new film, Top Miami Gun Vice 3, Love It Dawn. I had the pleasure of watching it last night, and I gotta say, it's a major success for the boys. Um, I was laughing my ass off watching familiar faces fuck around in St. Charles, um, repurposed as Miami very well, I would add. Chief Dillenberg is probably my favorite character. There's a scene when they are running through the woods that made me absolutely lose it. Uh, So look out for that when you watch. I love the homoeroticism in this movie. Uh, Don't really need to go into detail on that. Um, But very apparent, very interesting. The fight choreography is awesome. Masterfully done, honestly. But all in all... A, uh, a great success for Peter Clancy and Evan Patel. And it's been really cool the last couple years just watching their enthusiasm for the franchise. Um, and it's awesome that it's still going. And uh, as we talk in the episode, it seems like there's going to be many more um, installments to the franchise. So look out for those. And congrats, boys. You should be very proud. As far as me, um, related to movies, uh, I've been getting more production assistant work recently. This past weekend I worked on a skateboarding documentary that was very fun. Um, Lots of just going around Brooklyn, New York, shooting skateboarders, uh, hanging out, meeting cool people. Yeah, it was a pretty, as as you'd expect from a bunch of skateboarders, pretty mellow, laid-back shoot. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my style. So that was fun to do. Also in about a week here, I'm going on vacation, which is nice. Uh, a music related vacation. I'm going to Bonnaroo in Tennessee and then Pitchfork Music Festival in Chicago. Pitchfork being a festival I have been to and love and Bonnaroo being a completely new experience. Um, I've wanted to go to Bonnaroo for a long time now, and it's awesome that it's finally coming to fruition. Um, so yeah, heading out there, gonna see some awesome bands, um, hang out with some looks, dance, party, and yeah, it'll be awesome. And then after that's heading back to Chicago to hang out, with family and friends throughout the week. Um, So yeah, looking forward to seeing everyone. I've missed everyone a lot. So it will be a nice vacation. It'll be a nice emotional reset for me. So I'm hoping to come back and get back on the grind after a awesome time. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the episode. As I mentioned at the top, this episode is with Peter Clancy and Evan Patel promoting their new movie, Top Miami Gun Vice 3, Love It Dawn. That movie is out now, 
streaming on YouTube, and I will drop the link in the description below. Um, so let's jump in. Blue? Yeah, Sully? In this topsy-turvy world, it's hard to find someone you can really count on. Someone so caring, so lean, so toned. We're just a couple of kids running around. Maybe what we were chasing has been inside us all along. This is a special episode of Innocence Lost. Today we're joined by Peter Clancy and Evan Patel, who are doing their first interview not in character. Um, apparently they're method actors, and this, but they're not in character today, from what I'm told. Um, they're here to promote their new movie that's coming out. Uh, take it away, gentlemen. John, thanks for having us. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing today? We're doing very well, sir. Thank you for making time. Mm-hmm. We're eager to talk about the project. Yeah, yeah. So I hear it's the uh, it's the third movie, right? That, you better believe it. And what's it called? Uh, it's called Top Miami Gun Vice, Love at Dawn. Okay. It's, yeah, it's third installment of the, uh, the, the franchise. This is our third 30-minute project, so all said and done in the last three years we've created a full feature-length film how does it feel it feels like we're not done yet mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like the the road has only just begun <laughs> uh what if you had to put a percentage on completion of this third movie what what percentage would you say 85? 80 80 80 percent 80 85 percent that's hey that's getting there <laughs> yeah, we, we finished principal photography today. All we have to do is uh, refilm a couple of sex scenes, you know how it goes, and and we're all set and all good. What kind of sex scenes? All sorts of stuff. We've got mm-hmm. man on woman, man on 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 woman. Okay. All sorts of, it, it gets, <laughs> it's interesting. There's something for and, everyone. And you haven't filmed? either of those yet we did a trial run we did a more uh they went very well yeah they were okay. they were they were good but they were a little too good and we're trying to tone it back for the movie <laughs> and we also want to incorporate a little more violence in these yeah. upcoming scenes these are pg-13 so what we did okay. at first we have to reshoot yeah we, we found ourselves like we figured we blur the sensitive areas and then when we blurred the whole screen it's like all right we gotta we gotta rethink yeah. our method here <laughs> a little much um is this so is it a spoiler to bring up if this is the the culmination? Is it a trilogy and that's it? Or is there going to be this, a fourth? This is the conclusion of the trilogy. Okay. Yeah. But like we said, the road is long. There is a fourth one. <laughs> there is a fourth movie. <laughs> it's definitely a culmination in the sense of, uh, are they gay? Those uh-huh. quest- that question is answered. Okay. And the answer may surprise you. <laughs> Uh, but besides that, the series is still in its infancy. In its infancy? Yeah. I, I, expect, <laughs> I expect several spinoffs. We're working on a project. I don't want to talk too much about it, but it involves outer space. And another one that involves goblins. I. It'd be cool. Hopefully, like, in our lifetimes, we'll be able to just, like, go to outer space just like for fun. John, or as long like, as they're screening Top Miami Gun Vice, I'll go. 
Otherwise, <laughs> I don't see the point. I mean, they could project <laughs> it onto the entire moon. Like, think about could that. Could do that. Seems a bit much. Well, <laughs> once the checks start rolling in from this, I can afford to project this movie on the moon. How much money do you think you're going to make? Negative $1,050 yeah, so far. We're down a, a grand plus. We're, so th- we are opening up a merchandise store. I pl- we plan to open it up within the next, uh, I guess, week, week and a half, in advance of the premiere of the third film. And with, with that store, we hope to recuperate our losses and perhaps even make some money. That'd be awesome. That'd be, yeah. But it, <laughs> we're being realistic about it. I don't know if that's, that's possible yet. What, uh, what kind of merch you got? <laughs> Peter? Well, we've got traditional t-shirts. We have the Chief Dillenberg coffee mug series. Those are four collectible mugs that really any Top Miami Gun Vice fan can't live without. We have the Top Miami Gun Vice pillow, uh, Top Miami Gun Vice sweatshirt, and then my personal favorite item, and Evan, actually, he says he wears it all the time, fits like a glove. It's his bikini bottoms. It's his character plastered on uh, the bottom half of a bikini. So great, great, great gift for like Father's Day. Even though it just kind of passed gift for next for year. Gift for Grandma. Yeah, it's just my face, right on a right on a bikini bottom. That's that's twenty four dollars. And if you want to complete the set for that special someone in your life, there's the the bikini top, which is Evan's face on the right cup, my face on the left cup. They're very tasteful. Staring intently, like, at the cups. Very tasteful. Very tasteful. <laughs> and those are also twenty four dollars, I believe. Well, we'll um, we'll link the uh, the link to the merch store in the description of this. Maybe you'll get um, some bikini bottom buys. Hopefully, I hope. I mean, I, I hope we don't run out. <laughs> that's our yeah. That's our best selling <laughs> <That's> item. <true. laughs> Predicted best selling item. The interesting thing is that there's almost no women who visit the shop yet. The bikini bottoms are flying off the shelves. Yeah. How did you guys meet? How did we meet? I was friends with Jake. Bino in high school and Bino's like Pete we have this dumb recreational soccer league we need a soccer player <laughs> I'm like I'll play I didn't know any of them by the end of the season they worshipped me that's true <laughs> we went undefeated in the Puma division mm. wow what a day what a time and then senior year and we were like friends throughout high school and then senior year I'm like hey let's make a movie and he's like alright I'm in Unbeknownst to both of us, that it would probably shape the rest of our lives in a deep, profound <laughs> way. Peter, you asked Evan. Well, well, Evan, what were your initial thoughts when Peter asked you to make a movie? You know, I'm I'm always I'm always down for stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I like I didn't really have any second thoughts about it. I was sure, and he was willing to do most of the the legwork. I just kind of had to show up and do my part so like all the editing and the camera work and all that like fun stuff was him so yeah i was i was happy to just show up and come up with it was more just like messing around with friends so it was a lot of fun Uh to do can you talk about your character yeah so i think he's come a long way since the first Mm. one he's definitely uh out there we'll say that yeah (laughs) in, in the first one he's just like the fun buddy cop partner and in this one, he's a eclectic, flamboyant, flamboyant man who lives in a basement dungeon. Yeah, a dungeon. <laughs> I did see a, one of the clips I saw was your like living situation, and 
I was I was chuckling a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like that. That's an interesting scene, John, because so the premise of the film is there's a seducer on the prowl in Miami, and Blue and I, Sully and Blue, are tasked with seducing the seducer because mm-hmm. the seducer stole the entire city budget from the mayor, which, per the Miami mayoral guidelines, m- must guard the city's budget in cash. And wouldn't you know that comes back to bite them? So in the process of seducing the seducer, Blue himself gets seduced, and the seducer expecting to make off with, like, extremely valuable items in his bedroom is surprised when he lives in a sex dungeon. Uh-huh. Well, it's not a sex dungeon per se. A dungeon. It's just a dungeon. I want to make that clear for the audience. Uh-huh. Yeah. I also did not write my character in the way that he's portrayed. So I want to clarify, he's not autobiographical in any sense. None of the the film is autobiographical. I want to make that abundantly clear. Actually, the only character that is autobiographical is Chief Dillenberg. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty... I would argue Brock Steelman also is a very autobiographical character. Brock Steelman and Chief Dillenberg are par for the course, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So the, the rest of the cast of characters, how are they assembled? (laughs) <laughs> purely purely by availability to uh-huh. start but there were obviously like people we grew up with and went to high school with were like oh they're funny we want them in the movie tanner schuzler is one of them chuck d charlie downing uh mm-hmm. and then kevin dillenberg all fit that build and Ke- uh, kevin and tanner stuck with us throughout the series and they are so uniquely funny i don't want to call them diamonds in the rough they're perfect for this type of film like they, they're mm-hmm. perfect and they're like it's so eclectic and so i the series would not be the same without them and there's, there's just so much fun to work with them because they mm-hmm. everything they do is funny what was um the favorite your favorite scene from this upcoming movie or favorite let's go with just like f- like favorite scene to shoot one where you left and you were like whoa that was a lot of fun and really good Maybe the uh, I liked the Blues Murder Dungeon. I also uh-huh. liked the rooftop fight scene we just filmed a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. I think yeah. for, I think for me, it would be the scene where we're rising up to the to the rooftop fight scene and we're in the elevator and just constantly like taking out armed guards. So I, the, the lower two levels. I I think so. I, those are so much fun to film. In the. Uh... The St. Charles parking garage, right? Like the one, is it the one that's like right downtown? So the building we filmed in is actually across from the parking garage. It's a private company. Uh-huh. We haven't used the big garage. We thought about it. We thought about filming on the rooftop, but then we realized that the St. Charles parking garage is like now a hotspot for teens. And they just oh. like park up there and take social media photos and play beach volleyball. Like really? Uh, yeah, he's not joking. Like they, these are actual things we've seen from the building next door. Like, <laughs> so there'll be tons a, of cars and stuff on like a Wednesday night. They're just everyone's there. It would have been a nightmare to try to film there. So yeah, nice. Uh, what about a scene that didn't make the movie? Or the movie? <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> Wait, wait, is that just, what is that? It's the assassination, or uh, the, the suicide assassination shot. <laughs> wait, you're the fantasy? Yeah, is that? No, that's the, in. That made the cut? No, yeah, every, I haven't seen all the editing. Every, I thought for sure that was going to get cut. <laughs> Everything we've shot is in the movie. Okay. 
I've seen I've the, I've seen the suicide assassination. <laughs> it is the most we do on the back end is like we shorten things, uh-huh. but we've never cut a scene. <laughs> okay, against our probably better judgment. <laughs> nice. Um, your Geneva, the Geneva Film Festival. Oh boy. <laughs> How's that going? Well, the initial <clears throat> submissions are submit like the submission we're eligible for is due the 9th of July. Mm-hmm. However, we have two minor scenes to film, and like the cast won't for those scenes isn't available to like the fourth. So we'll, right. we'll potentially have like five days to film, edit, and implement into the main movie. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, very doable. It's it is actually very doable. <laughs> the problem is it doesn't leave a lot of room for like tone uh, tuning up everything else. I don't. I right. think July 9th is a bit of an ambitious deadline. It is. So I think as long so long as we get it finished before August sixth, which is like the late deadline. Oh, nice. I think it'll be okay. But I know like people are very people are very demanding, John. They want the movie done now, but they don't want to <laughs> get together to film it. Right. So I'm in a t- I'm a, I'm the that. villain somehow. I'm the bad guy when I try to schedule something. It's like Pete, we don't want to film. It's like, well, you yeah. want the movie, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, what are we gonna do about it? They're like, you figure it out. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, everyone everyone just graduated, right? So everyone should kind of just be like chilling. You think? I, you would think, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part about the Geneva Film Festival is apparently there's an award for like crowd favorite. Yeah. So if okay. if by some miracle we actually get accepted. We'll, we will make sure We're that guaranteed. we win that award. We yeah. will pack those stands. You'll be, yeah, you'll be that pick. For sure. <laughs> but there's no, way, there's no way we get accepted. No. I, from what I've heard, it's like... A serious film festival. Serious, very artistic, very experimental. This is uh. maybe experimental, not artistic. <laughs> Could not call At it that. At least not in the way the festival would like... I I feel like you guys have a good shot. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> like, I, I know, I just saw like little clips... It, um, listen, and not like a full cohesive thing, but I was laughing my ass off for sure. The so. the improvements we've made both in like the production value and then also like the storytelling of it and the comedy in it. Co- actually, comedy hasn't improved that that much, but it has improved. Yeah, I but, think our sense of humor stayed the same, but it became yeah, more def- refined. Yeah, definitely. Like the the camera work and like the editing and stuff is so much cleaner now compared to the first. Yeah. So. What else is different compared to the first movie? Like, how, how do you look at kind of, like, the evolution? Enthusiasm. Uh-huh. So before, when we were, like, getting people to do the first movie, everyone was, like, super cooperative. However, there was, like, nothing to base the effort on. So they were kind of, like, it was basically on faith. Like, they didn't know what the quality would be. But after we got a movie out mm-hmm. and people, like, liked it, especially those who were in the film, that they were w- more willing to act in the second and third. For because sure. like for sure we often find ourselves cramming several pages of script into like a 2 hour time slot, 3 hour time slot, which is very demanding. So like mm-hmm. it's not all that fun when you're trying to rush through it. So I can't imagine like people have that much fun right. on set sometimes, but they're willing to do it because the, like the final product is worth it for yeah. sure. And when you bask in it, like when you watch it with people, my my the reason I make these movies John besides the fact that they're fun is like when you watch them with someone who doesn't know about them. So like when you watch them with a friend or something that, that hasn't been involved in the production and you just look at their reaction to how ridiculous it is, 
Like, it makes the whole thing mm. worth it. So I imagine that's also, like, why people are willing to do it. Like, I think my favorite thing was the after we did the first one and we rented out a theater in the Charlestown Mall and just, like, packed the audience and, like, played it on a big screen. Like, that's just... It, like, it's it's just like a movie we made with friends, and, like, to see it in that format is just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, that that made it all worth it to in see my it mind. 60 feet wide. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm... Yeah, looking forward to seeing the final product. Where will it be available? Um, well, we hope the to final. sell uh, DVDs, hard copy DVDs. But we will also we'll also YouTube. Put it, we'll put it online. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be on YouTube. YouTube. When I look in your eyes, I see more than a man in a skin-tight blazer. I see a friend, so caring, so kind, a colleague I deeply respect. And when I look in your heart, I see more than a partner I deeply treasure. I see a lover, so manly, so taut, with buttocks as firm as a stone, and. I truly see him as no more than a friend. If I tell him I love him, would Sully understand? When, so I guess I kind of want to go back a little bit deeper. Back oh, into Sounds your, like the third movie. Sounds like the third movie, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deeper into your, your early lives. Um what was like what was, any traumas any deep movies? yeah <laughs> what were some early movies that uh got you kind of into the genre and into kind of doing this kind of stuff now dumb and dumber <laughs> Good so, answer. actually so not only is it very funny it's all, it's actually wittier than people realize they think yeah. it's just fart, like fart jokes and stuff and it is but it also forwards a more like intelligent story and there's actually like good dramatic acting in that movie which shocks people but if you rewatch dumb and dumber and you realize that's actually a lot better than you probably remember it mm-hmm. but i absolutely love that movie i think it's like a perfect combination of storytelling and humor and like seriousness mm-hmm. would you say it's like an inspiration too in writing or do you have a different movie that you're inspired by i don't think it's I don't think I'm inspired by a particular movie. Uh-huh. It's more so just like certain movies have different sensations. So I guess like a tone of a movie is what inspires me. So like mm-hmm. adults putting on funny costumes and doing stupid stuff inspires me because then we channel that. We're also inspired by like like when Marvel, like the commercialization of Marvel or something, we think it's hilarious that we like, they take themselves so seriously in their movies and we parody that. Uh-huh. So I think it just like the inspiration is like what we find funny. Yeah, that that was kind of the idea, right? Like just off of the name, like in the first movie you have like that five minute long volleyball scene that just goes for too long. Well, and like it that's out. it's like in when you watch Top Gun, right, they have a scene very similar to that. Yeah. That's just kind of shoehorned in. It's like <laughs> but they do it seriously, but like I don't understand why. Like There's it doesn't no really reason. add anything to the movie, but like, I think that's, like, perfect to parody. And so we kind of look for stuff like that, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. Do you have an answer, Evan? I uh, Mine's not so much a movie, but I think a lot of... I wouldn't even say inspired by, but I think a lot of my sense of humor aligns with the kind of humor you see in the show It's Always Sunny. Okay. And nice. I think, like, like, even just, like, the way that the creators of that show went about making it. Like, it started with just, like, three dudes in a camcorder and, like... They just, like, filmed it themselves and then, like, submitted it. And, like, I very much see that 
in like how we kind of do this is just like a bunch of friends like get together and just like with the equipment we have like very limited budget and like make something funny yeah and so like i think i can very much appreciate that and then also just like the type of humor used in the jokes i think i find very funny and so i think like some of my writing i think reflects that <laughs> nice yeah uh, i've like every once in a while I'll just kind of go back to it and just have like a like a five or six episode always sunny binge yeah i, and I, I always, love it I love and I, it. I always leave it i'm just like that was <laughs> that was so fucking funny but i'm just like so brain dead and like feel disgusting <laughs> yeah it makes you feel bad about yourself and that's how you should feel watching these movies yeah. exactly no, no, no these are empowering if anything <laughs> what's empowering about them uh johnny you just gotta watch the movie <laughs> I don't want to talk myself into a corner here. Just right. gotta watch. You just gotta watch. <laughs> just gonna watch the movie then. Uh, so let's let's dig into the plot a little more of this third movie. Um, what could we come to expect? You can expect romance, uh, musical numbers, violence, a multi-tiered SpongeBob Karate Island-esque rise to the top. Battling one's way to the rooftop for the ultimate showdown. There's a pretty big plot twist as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a plot twist that no one, it, certainly no one will see coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but... It shapes, it shapes the direction of... The entire franchise. And the franchise that will stem from this one. Inevitably stem from this one. I see. So it's one of those, like, like you were saying earlier, like, the trilogy is ending, but it's one of those endings that offers many, many jumping off points, is what I'm gathering. Well, we've actually, okay. we know exactly the jumping off point. We've storyboarded <laughs> the fourth film already, despite okay. calling the first three a trilogy. <laughs> Good to know. Any, uh, any subtle deets about the fourth movie you could drop? Well, it involves mis- it's a departure for sure. It involves goblins, mystical artifacts, the digitization of a major villain, and uh, I, what's the sensation of the fourth one? So I think the the first three movies, right, are it, it's a parody of Top Gun and Miami Vice, right? So classic like '80s, like masculine, like. <laughs> movie right and so it's a parody like that's that's why we're filming it the way we're filming it is because it's to parody those things yeah mm-hmm. and i think the fourth one is it, it it makes me laugh because it's just completely off the rails totally unrelated so still like a fully flushed out structured narrative that exists within the our universe right but it's a departure it leaves that that 80s buddy cop style in a sense, like to, to branch out into like Peter was saying, there's like things that aren't set in reality necessarily. You have like goblins and mystical objects and crazy it's, stuff like that. Let me let so, it's, the, so it's gonna start getting out there a little more. And let me say this, I think this will kinda clear it up for a lot of people. Uh, you know Gringotts from Harry Potter? Like it's the <laughs> mm-hmm. the the bank. Well like the whole mine car system of Gringotts Imagine that exists underneath the Miami police station. I'm imagining it. That's about, that <laughs> sets the stage pretty well. It's a green screen movie. It's going to be a monstrosity. Uh, 
it's like we're making fun of also the act of storytelling in that one because we use a lot of contrived narrative devices for it like intentionally as like humor and I think it uh -huh. works. I think with the fourth one, just like the first three, I think no one will watch it and not have a strong opinion about it. <laughs> yeah. Like no one leaves these movies feeling like, wow, that was okay. Yeah, that was a fine movie. Like you either love it or you hate it. And I think the fourth one very much will carry that torch. It'll polarize. <laughs> when, you, when you set out to make, I mean, this is my opinion on art, but I think when you, when you set out to make art, that's what you should want to do. Exactly. exactly. I'd rather have a couple people love it <laughs> than a lot of people like it. Yeah. Love it. So uh, so this isn't a talk show. It's a podcast. But it's kind of just like reminding me about a talk, like a talk show. It's just how you guys are sitting. Sure. And... Yeah, well. I mean... <laughs> but this isn't, so this isn't the, the first talk show you guys have done. No. Right. This is the, so we had absolutely no outlet. So when we were promoting the second one. I say promoting an asterisk. We decided to invent our own talk show and be the first and only guest. Uh -huh. So I, we converted my living room into a soundstage. <laughs> uh, Tanner Schisler was the host, Schisler Tonight. <laughs> it, was an, it was a big ordeal for something that no one saw. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun to do. It was, it fun, was to do. fun to do. Was that to promote the second movie? It yeah, was. And we, the second one. During mm -hmm. that interview, we also launched... We, we dropped hints about the third movie, Love at Dawn, mm -hmm. which I did not expect to make. At that, Yeah, at that point, Peter was very... I, I don't want to say he was against it, but he was pretty confident that it was never going to exist. And then here we are, 80% done. <laughs> yeah, and we finished the movie in the last six months. So th the first movie took us a year and a half. The second movie took us six months. No, the second movie took us four months. And the third movie is now, it's probably going to take us six, seven months solely because, uh -huh. like, it's more involved. There's, like, 20 settings. So we are moving around a ton. <laughs> so it's just, all like, the whole scheduling of it. I, th I think these movies kind of follow a cycle where we'll, make, we'll come up with an idea for it, think, wow, this is great. We get together and, f like, make it, right, and record it and do all this, the work for it, put the work in. And like Peter was saying, like, it's not necessarily enjoyable to do the hard work. Uh. And so then people start thinking, oh, this, like, this is the last one, right? This is it. And then... Please, please be it. <laughs> and then we, we watch it and we think, wow, okay, that was, that was worth it. And then someone will come up with an idea for the next film. And everyone says, yeah, no. that's, that's a funny idea, but we really shouldn't. Like, the first one was a lot, or the last one was a lot of work. So you and could then, be making these until you die. It might just be like a... Well, they very well it, like, might if, kill us at this point. If it keeps following the cycle. <laughs> but that's kind of where we're at with the fourth one, is we're saying the third one's a lot of work to do. Like, uh -huh. uh, we don't know if we want to commit to making a fourth one, but then we storyboard it, and the idea is we just think they're so good. We have to make it. We're going to have to make it. The problem is also, like, I'm, I'm normally opposed to committing to making another one when we're still making the previous one, because I do, like... 95% of like the grunt work oh, no I do 100% of the grunt work but like 95% of the overall the work, total work including like all 30 people involved with the movie I do 95% so for me to like still in that process to be like oh let's do another one like I just can't I don't have the but with the fourth one I think we've got we've got Pete in I'm yeah also like I'm we're both I think compelled to create stuff so like 
once this is over, we'd never be like, oh, I've had my fix. I'm done. It's like, no, we just need like a, take like a breather for like a week or two and then be like, okay, let's launch <laughs> on the fourth one. So yeah, so when are you, when are you guys going to start the, start the next one then? <laughs> two weeks after the third one comes <laughs> out. <laughs> I, I actually, I could honestly see two weeks after the third one comes out. So we want to do a table read for the fourth, like to crowdsource some money for it. Okay. We'll make the we'll make it regardless of the money we get because it's not like it's going to be expensive to make. We're going to green screen everything. Um, simply for the fact that like if we can raise a set amount of money like two grand, that's enough for like us to look at and be like, okay, enough people like this. You know, so it's more yeah. of an expression of like faith in the series than it is like a nece- you know, financial necessity. necessity. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, see, we have this movie. We also want to do an anime. We want to do a top landing advice anime, a brief, like, six-minute thing out of nowhere to just, like, fuck with people's heads. Like, they're doing what now? And we're going to pay, like, freelancers on Fiverr Upwork to animate it, and we're going to get Japanese voice actors. And then, actually, I thought of as a joke, you know how animes have, like, real-life adaptations? Yeah. The joke is that, so we do a real-life adaptation of the anime, and we only have like straight black wigs, both of us. <laughs> it's just super like we could get we could do it in Japanese. See, this is how a lot of these ideas actually come about. Like you're witnessing this in real time. Like I, I thought this before. It's, this isn't just a general. No, thing. but like the the way that this is just presented is literally just like this. Yeah, like a comp, like a pancake effect. It just stacks on to heightening. I was gonna bring up what is what's the writing process like for. Yeah, we. I mean, we recorded the writing process for the fourth one, or yeah. some of it at least. We record. I got That's actually funny. I gotta post it's, that. I don't think like rec- coming up with the storyline for the fourth one was probably the hardest and longest I've laughed like in in recent memory. Like it was so it funny. Was so funny to just sit with everyone and try to come up with these ideas that were just topping each other. Like it was just so good. We say everyone. It was just Yumi and occasionally Dillenberg. Yeah, that. I mean, that's. <laughs> Close to everyone. Close to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fourth, I think, so I, to your question, like, what's, I think you asked, like, what's next with the fourth one? Mm-hmm. I want to finish the storyboarding process because we're like, we have the major story beats, but I want to, like, really bang it out. Then I want to write the script for it. And then, like, towards the end of summer, early fall, do an actual table read for it where everyone's in full costume. <laughs> and then we'll post that to YouTube or something just to generate hype. Yeah. And then, because Evan and I are both, like, looking to like to have careers yeah, you know? outside of this well no yeah. we desperately want a career inside of this but for now we're working on careers outside yeah of we this. have to be realistic where mm-hmm. you know time investment is important in that regard yeah so the actual making of the fourth one it won't st- i likely won't start it won't start during the summer yeah. production will yeah. not start during the summer <laughs> but i likely I, next year i would say i mean i could see it starting in the winter <laughs> honestly like the, around Christmas? Initial filming, sure. Yeah. But not the bulk of it will not be done within the calendar. Well, we'll see. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know anymore. We've done three movies in a year. I don't know what. Uh, I, I will say this. We just finished shooting a scene today in which I was wearing a tuxedo, and we were picnicking in a public park, a very populated public park, and I was pouring Evan a glass of wine, his character a glass of wine, and um, we got a lot of good looks. That's what the movie is. The movie is a lot of it's a lot of public embarrassment. Uh-huh. We don't we, we don't show like like passerbys really. 
because I don't want to like involve people, you know. But there are a lot people. Yeah, just looking at us, like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> we just finished a scene where we we're walking in winter clothes. Yeah, like wearing wearing this in downtown St. Charles, like midday, with like a bunch of cameras and lights on you, and you're just doing like walk backwards and like groove groove do this do That's, this evan we literally did that like three hours ago like and during rush hour so there were tons and tons of cars and people like what the hell are they doing <laughs> the only movie i remember ever taking place in saint charles was munger road yeah i remember that I'm thinking terrifying <laughs> terrified me in eighth grade really yeah i'm thinking these yeah. will be up there they'll tell her terrify a certain one <laughs> that came out when we were like pretty young so I remember seeing it in theaters and bring, being pretty terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm really excited to see the movie. Um, you have just in my just in the clips that I've seen. Um, I haven't seen the first two, but I'm definitely gonna go back and watch them. Are they on your like YouTube channel? They're on YouTube, or? but I highly I highly recommend a triple feature. A triple feature. Yeah, just see, okay. the, see the progression. See. That's a good idea. Okay, so I'll do that. I, I'll, I'll commit to that when, when I have access to the third one. I've actually held off on showing friends the third or the second one until the third one's out. Like, that's kind of my plan is just to get all at once, one big 90-minute yeah. feature film. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, well, when this podcast comes out, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, we can release this like around when the movie's out. So I don't know if you'll be able to watch it right now, but you'll be able to watch it very soon. I'm talking to the audience now. Um, <laughs> and thank you to Peter and Evan for coming on. Um, uh, any, any final words? Buy merch, buy the DVD <laughs> box set and, uh, Support Top Mammy Gun Vice Four. Yeah, let us let us know what you think of the the series. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, give us serious. Not like it was stupid. It was good. <laughs> we can we appreciate like complex, thoughtful feedback. And if it's negative, I I might cry. I I will cry, but I appreciate it regardless. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure, boys. Likewise. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, John. Sure. If I gave a second to a second thought, I'd watch my youth slip right through my wide eyes. If I told you that I loved you, that would be a guarantee that there's nothing or no one else for me. Oh, I can't be in charge of breaking hearts. That ain't a job, girl, don't you make a monster out of me. Oh, I'm trying, trying my best to write the words into phrases, phrases from all the phases, all for you. I'll keep living, you can stay, I don't mind the company, babe, just know I ain't old enough to say that what I have is what's ahead. Oh, you're the one until I'm dead, I'll kiss your lips and i bless your brain. I'm a Jolly Roger, darling Dodger Bane.